Welcome to episode 41 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk about how the Montana GOP did a belly flop in the dummy pool. So grab your noodle and float along with us as we take the judiciary branch for a soak in the shallow end with our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, a little housekeeping issue. A special thanks to our loyal listeners, Donna from the great state of Texas and Nance from the great state of Connecticut for their loyal and faithful support of the program. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, ladies. Really appreciate those donations. And folks, if you're listening and you've been an avid listener, if you want to help keep us on the air, please go to MontanaValuesPodcast.com, click the link, and you'll be able to donate there. We really appreciate it. So, well, they're up to it again. The Montana so-called Republican Party has chosen to attack the judicial branch of government. While some are offended, no one should be surprised. After all, the Montana Republican Party platform warned all Montanans that this was part of their great plan. And before we tell you what the state party platform says about this, please know that Mickey and I support the national platform as it's actually well-written and not wrought with multiple internal inconsistencies to the degree that the state platform is because the state platform is poorly written, grammatically incorrect, and is full of internal inconsistencies. But since it's their platform and it's state Republican legislators and the state Republican Party that is attacking the judiciary, let's hear from them what their platform warns us about. Why is this platform important? This platform sets forth the Montana Republican Party's positions on major issues facing the citizens of the Treasure State. It is meant to communicate what the party stands for, to instruct local, state, and federal GOP officeholders, and to serve as a basis for crafting strategies for both legislative and civic action. Republicans believe that the Constitution of the United States of America is a unique and binding document, which defines a Republican form of government designed to protect the rights of citizens by limiting the power of their government. Republicans believe that the Constitution is as relevant today as it was on the day it was ratified. It is not an evolving, ever-changing document. Republicans believe that centralization of political power invites the replacement of the rule of law by the rule of men and thus enables the rise of totalitarianism. Republicans believe that each level of government should continuously strive to limit the scope of its own activity. The MTGOP has a responsibility to develop a simple set of principles based upon the Montana GOP platform that could then be applied to all proposed legislation. Principle number three, scope of government. Legislators should review and reform Montana Code Annotated to reduce onerous regulations and adopt a stronger legislative influence on the checks and balances of executive and judicial branch activities. Principle number 10, judicial. We follow the rule of law narrowly construed. We support limiting the ability of the Montana Supreme Court to abuse its power to protect themselves. We advocate for a constitutional government that is predictable, equitable, and follows the rule of law. So where the Republican Party platform wants to warn of the Montana Supreme Court abusing its power to protect themselves, we'll show you in this episode how the legislature actually abused its power to protect itself. 
So how do the current legislative activities that affect the judicial branch conflict with or adhere to these principles set forth in the Montana GOP's platform written by many of our current Republican, so-called Republican legislators? First, let's take a walk down memory lane. The Montana Republican Party platform was drafted and adopted by the Montana Republican Party on June 23, 2018. Why would the Montana platform contain such wacky things about the legislature gaining more influence over the judicial branch? Remember, the platform has as one of its goals to, quote, adopt a stronger legislative influence on the checks and balances of other branches of government. Do you folks see the internal inconsistency in this statement? Montana's constitution establishes three separate but equal branches of government. The legislative branch, you know, that's the one that makes the law. The executive branch, which enforces the law. And the judicial branch, which interprets the law. Our state government was structured in this way to prevent one branch of government from becoming too powerful and to create a system of checks and balances. When the Montana Republican platform tells us its goal is for the legislature to exercise more power and influence over the other branches of government, that is a direct violation of separation of powers. It is a direct violation of the Constitution for which the same Montana Republican platform espouses as sacrosanct. Are you with me, folks? The principle number three, which states a goal of, quote, adopt a stronger legislative influence on the checks and balances of executive and judicial branch activities, directly violates the goal of advocating for a constitutional government that is predictable, equitable, and follows rule of law. These dum-dums can't even read their own platform and recognize the internal inconsistencies and how they are directly violating the constitutional framework for our government that they are supposed to revere and uphold. We really could not make this stuff up if we tried. Okay. So this horseshit, internally inconsistent and authoritarian, not Republican document, was adopted in June 2018 and contains this wacky goal for the legislature to exert more control over the other two branches of government. Again, direct violation of separation of powers. But these dimwits are really authoritarians, so they couldn't give two shits about our Constitution nor about violating its terms. That's June 2018. Well, interestingly... Back in April 2018, a memo from the Montana Legislative Services Division was issued by Todd Efforts, the chief legal counsel, to the, quote, Special Select Committee on State Settlement Accountability. This apparently was a special committee of the legislature that needed to know the scope of its investigative authority. So they're asking, which was smart, of a lawyer, what can we do? This special committee was appointed by 2017 Speaker of the House, Austin Knutson, and President of the Senate, Scott Sales. Austin Knutson is our current Attorney General. The initial purpose of the committee was to investigate, quote, confidential settlements with terminated state workers under then-Governor Steve Bullock's administration. 
The Legislative Audit Division, which is a Department of State Government, revealed the settlements. This is what the Legislative Audit Division is supposed to do. Audit everything that goes on in state government to weed out and expose any fraud, waste, or abuse. It's not that the Audit Division found impropriety. They didn't. It simply reported the amount of tax dollars spent on settlements. So this committee was appointed to investigate the settlements and agreed to start gathering information the stuff that they could about employee settlements dating back to 2003, the settlement amounts, the government departments they came from, and the employee positions, for example, to determine whether a problem existed. Why they would look back to cases from 15 years prior is not very clear and is an odd number, but that's what they set out to do anyway. But prior to digging deep, they asked the Legislative Services Division Chief Legal Counsel to tell them what the scope of their investigative authority was. So Mr. Everts gave them a rundown in an April 18, 2018 memo. Mr. Everts was clear that the legislature has investigative power, but the investigation itself must be limited to information relevant to enacting law. And that's because the authority of the legislature is limited to enacting law, writing the law, not enforcing the law, not determining the lawfulness of the law. Quote, the power to investigate must be exercised for a proper legislative purpose related to an acting law, and the application and exercise of the legislative investigation power must protect the rights of citizens and adhere to all constitutional protections related to privacy, life, liberty, and property, end quote. So the legislature can't go on a witch hunt can't go digging into shit that's none of their business or that infringes on the privacy or the authority of another branch of government, period. No equivocation on that. Stay in your lane. Investigate whatever you need to know to determine if a law should exist. Collect data. Collect information relevant to enactment. What do you need to know to craft or amend a law that would benefit Montanans? Craft a law. Amend a law. It's broad in that they can ask for any data they need, but focused in scope and must be related to the enactment of a law. Enactment means the process of passing legislation, not determining whether the legislation is legal, not enforcing the legislation. It's the passing, the crafting, and the voting on that is the proper scope of legislative investigations. That's it. But they can ask for anything related to the crafting and passing of legislation. Now, how the legislature goes about investigating is dictated by Montana law with specific statutes. And the legislature can subpoena anybody's attendance. 5-5-101, subpoenas. A subpoena requiring the attendance of any witness before either house of the legislature or a committee of either house may be issued by the president of the Senate, the Speaker of the House, or the presiding officer of any committee before whom the attendance of the witness is desired. 2. A subpoena is sufficient if a. It states whether the proceeding is before the House of Representatives, the Senate, or a committee. b. It is addressed to the witness. c. It requires the attendance of the witness at a time and a place certain. d. It is signed by the President of the Senate, Speaker of the House, or presiding officer of a committee. But the legislature has zero authority to subpoena documents. None. And this is important later. And what about records? The legislature, through its committees, has the power to compel the production 
of papers, books, accounts, and documents. Now, that statute doesn't speak to public records because public records, like government emails, are governed by our public records statutes. But the plain language of the statute that allows the legislature to compel the production of papers does not indicate that's done by a subpoena. And public documents are produced by way of a public document request in the state of Montana. So the legislature gets those public records the same way you and I do. Unless, of course, you're the 2021 legislature. They would like to do an end around to our laws, create chaos, and make up the rules as they go. And here's how they do that. So in 2018, the Special Select Committee is told its authority and goes down the path of trying to examine confidential settlement agreements made in the state. Well, I assume since there was no report and since they don't have subpoena power over documents, this special committee looking into confidential post-employment settlement of state employees found itself in a pickle. So I have no idea where that investigation went, but I assume nowhere. I can't find a report that says, in summary, we found the settlements to be appropriate or not appropriate. Nothing. How many tax dollars were spent scurrying down that rabbit hole? I have no idea. But had the legislators bothered to read the statutes that tell them their power, or even Mr. Everett's memo, they could have disbanded because they would have found that settlements of employment claims fall within the purview of the executive branch. And if those settlements are out of line or reflect ongoing chaos with any given State Department or departments, well, the Constitution, you know, that guiding document, provides an awesome avenue for investigation. The Legislative Audit Division, whose mission is, quote, to increase public trust in state government by reporting timely and accurate information about agency operations, technology, and finances to the legislature and the citizens of Montana, end quote. If something is rotten in Denmark or Montana state government, the Legislative Audit Division that investigates all State Department functions for fraud, waste, and abuse reveals that to the legislature. And that division is overseen by the legislature. Its goal is to ensure that our state departments function properly. But apparently, this 2017 legislature didn't believe the Legislative Audit Division, who reports to them. They report to the legislature. They apparently didn't believe the Legislative Audit Division was doing an adequate job. If the 2017 legislature had a concern about the settlements, it could have just asked the Legislative Audit Division to investigate the propriety of the settlements. But no, they made it political instead by appointing their own committee that can't actually do what they wanted it to do. Instead of turning to their handy-dandy constitution, they created their own committee that was impotent to accomplish their goals. Honestly, Reading your own guiding statute should be a requirement for any legislator. You don't get to take a dime of taxpayer money until you can recite your governing statutes. That should be a rule. But hitting a legal brick wall apparently didn't phase these geniuses. Nope, they found themselves in power in 2021 and decided to reinvent the wheel once again, making the rules up as they went along. Screw the Constitution, screw the statutes, and screw rule of law. These legislators who call themselves Republican refuse to even adhere to the mandates of the platform they wrote themselves. They have no principles at all. So this new crop of legal geniuses decides that it will pass a bill to eliminate the Judicial Nomination Commission. And we talked about this great lurch towards centralizing power in the executive branch, which blatantly violates even the poorly worded Montana Republican platform that these yahoos wrote 
We talked about that in episode 32. We don't like the bill, but hell, the legislature passed it. That's in their bailiwick. It's SB 140. So the legislature drafted the bill, debated the bill, and passed the bill. That's enactment. They enacted the bill. The governor signed it. Then they got sued because some folks think SB 140 is unconstitutional. And it might be. But this is what happens with every bill someone doesn't like. It's passed and someone sues to stop it from enforcement. Well, the legislature got all sorts of pissy about this lawsuit. And it knows that the judiciary talked in emails about what it thought about SB 140 before it was passed. And when any legislation affects any part of government, departments and branches decide if they should take a position on the proposed legislation. Literally, every department in the state, every branch of government informs the legislature what it feels about any proposed legislation. This legislation would change how judicial vacancies are filled. So it stands to reason the judges would chit-chat about that. It affects their profession. But the legislature thinks the judiciary doesn't get to have an opinion because if it has an opinion, it can't then be fair in applying the law to a situation it had an opinion about. Well, look, I've clerked for a judge and he used to apply the law that he hated to cases all the time. So judges apply the law to the facts before them, even when they don't personally agree with the law. It happens literally every day. But the legislature thinks that professionalism can't actually occur in the judiciary. So it decided instead to subpoena the emails of the Supreme Court administrator and all of the Supreme Court justices to see what the judges in the state were saying about SB 140. And it gave a response time of like 72 hours. And that's when the Supreme Court said, hey, hold on. We got to see if the subpoena is legal. Chris Hansen, who represents the legislature, says, uh, screw you, Supreme Court. You aren't the boss of the legislature. She says, quote, the legislature does not recognize this court's order as binding and will not abide by it. The legislature will not entertain the court's interference in the legislature's investigation of the serious and troubling conduct of members of the judiciary. The subpoena is valid and will be enforced, end quote. Now that's ballsy. That's a ballsy response for a lawyer. Chris Hansen used to serve in the legislature as a Republican from Haver. She stepped down as a legislator when Matt Rosendale recruited her to the state auditor's office. Well, now she's in Austin Knutson's office. And man, them some bold words. Except they're wrong. And she's wrong. The legislature has specific power to subpoena people, not public records. Witnesses. And remember, the scope of that power is to investigate the enactment of a law. Oh, yeah, shit. That won't work either because the law was already enacted. All the components of the enactment of SB 140 already occurred. As my brother likes to say, well, shit the bed. Yeah, that pesky law gets in the way of everything, doesn't it? The shotgun approach to investigating doesn't just end there. So when the Supreme Court says, hey, wait, we got to see if your subpoena is valid. For the court administrator emails and all of our emails, the legislature gets hopping mad. So it just issues subpoenas for every member of the Supreme Court to show up to produce all of their emails and answer to the legislature. And what happens? Well, they all showed up. And it was a shit show. 
because the legislature wants a showcase showdown and had no idea what to do when the Supreme Court actually showed up. So you know which member of the Supreme Court didn't show up and actually followed the procedure he was supposed to follow and that everyone else in this mix ignored? Justice Jim Rice. God bless Justice Rice. He actually read the law like every judge should do. He looked to the law governing the legislature's subpoena authority and found this. 5-11-107. 2. If a person disobeys a subpoena issued by a statutory committee or an interim committee, or if a witness refuses to testify on any matters regarding which the witnesses may be lawfully interrogated, the district court of any county shall, on application of the committee, compel obedience by proceedings for contempt as in this case of disobedience of the requirements of a subpoena issued from a district court or a refusal to testify in the district court. So the statute, you know, Montana law, tells us that when the legislature issues a subpoena, it's the district court that determines if the subpoena is valid. So Justice Rice, the former true, actual, dedicated, conservative, Republican legislator, asked the district court to decide if the subpoena for his appearance and for his records is valid. And holy smokes was the hearing in district court a goodie. Pop some corn, kids, because the ignorance of the legislative committee that pretends it's Republican got a shellacking. So Derek Ostriker has to represent the legislature in this hearing, and God bless him. He's the kid that used to work for the Secretary of State's office under Corey Stapleton. And when he couldn't support Stapleton's bullshit voter fraud position, he exited the Secretary of State's office. Then he went to Rosendale's office, just like Chris Hansen. And now both him and Hansen work for Knutson. Ostriker must know horseshit when he sees it. So even at the hearing, he said, yeah, we really shouldn't be using a courtroom to resolve this dispute. We should negotiate this. But neither Justice Rice nor the district court judge, Mike McMahon, were having any of that. Supreme Court Justice Jim Rice fielded questions for an hour and a half about his efforts to quash a legislative subpoena seeking his personal and professional communications. Ostriker acknowledged that the process Justice Rice used to address the conflict was the right process legally, but he hoped the justice would negotiate the scope of the subpoena directly with the legislature. Well, well, I kind of think that Justice Rice's position is, hey, if the legislature wants to make a public shit show out of Supreme Court proceedings, then it's all public, and I'm not giving them a wit of gratis when they are personally attacking my integrity as a jurist. In a far more articulate and professional manner, Justice Rice, who served three terms, three terms, kids, in the Montana legislature as a Republican, he accused the Republican legislature and Department of Justice of overreach. Quote, I think that what has happened here is an attack upon the judicial branch and the integrity of the court and the public reputation of justices individually. And I think it needed to be brought to the court, he said during testimony. Ostreicher kept on his assertion that the legislature and judiciary should negotiate and accommodate one another to resolve the issue. But District Judge Mike McMahon called bullshit on that idea. Quote, what accommodation did the legislature give Justice Rice before it issued the subpoena? Zero, correct? That's what Judge McMahon said. Instead, McMahon said, quote, the legislature skipped the negotiation and accommodation step 
and put pen to paper and issued a suspect subpoena and said, you have a certain amount of days to produce these documents and appear, end quote. In fact, Greg Hertz, the chair of the committee, issued the bogus subpoena on a Thursday and required Justice Rice's appearance on the following Monday or risk the penalty of being held in contempt. So he gave Justice Rice no grace, no time, and no negotiation in the subpoena he issued. And now Hertz wants Justice Rice to negotiate? Screw you. And here's the other problem. Hertz didn't even follow the law, which is almost literally a checklist on the content of a legislative subpoena. And without the content being right, the subpoena isn't legal. It can't stand. The statute that dictates content is pretty stinking easy to find if you actually pay attention. It's titled 5 Legislative Branch Chapter 5 Legislative Procedures Part 1 Witnesses Before the Legislature Subpoenas It tells Nutter Hertz had he bothered to read it. A subpoena is sufficient if it states whether the proceeding is before the House of Representatives, the Senate, or a committee. It's addressed to the witness. It requires the attendance of the witness at a time and place certain. It's signed by the President of the Senate, the Speaker of the House, or the presiding officer of the committee. He didn't even get the first part of the requirement right on the subpoena. You know that part that says where Justice Rice should appear? This is legislative malpractice on its face. The first part of the rule, you just can't get it right? Where are these morons getting their legal advice from? Derek Skies? I mean, maybe they can't crack open the statute that tells them exactly what they have to do. Granted, they might be too dumb to do that. They're not lawyers, whatever the excuse is. But Jesus, you can't swing a bat at the Capitol without hitting an attorney. They couldn't have just asked one passing in the hallway, maybe at the hot dog stand, somebody. I mean, there's attorneys all over the place. Or do they just all practice law without a license? How would you like to be poor Ostriker having to defend Hertz? Judge McMahon quizzed Ostriker, quote, where does the subpoena say whether the proceeding is before the House of Representatives, the Senate, or a committee? Your Honor, it doesn't, Ostriker replied. The subpoena demanding a Supreme Court justice appear doesn't even tell the justice where to appear. Think of that, kids. These are the folks that are determining the fate of the state, and they can't even bother. When they sling an arrow across the bow at the freaking Supreme Court to tell them where to show up, Talk about incompetent. Christ on a cracker. McMahon questioned the power of the legislature to subpoena documents and not only witnesses because they don't have the power to subpoena documents. So Ostriker, God love him, is trying to polish this turd. He's backtracking for Hertz and he does the best he can, but holy schmoly, it's bad. He says, despite the wording of the subpoena, which is an order that the legislature demands be followed, Ostriker said, well, uh, that's not exactly what the legislature wants, but rather it wants to sit down with Justice Rice to find a middle ground on what communications he should have to hand over. But the subpoena doesn't say that. It's broad. 
It doesn't comply with the law. And yet the legislature just wants to sit down and discuss it. That's like saying no offense, but you're an asshole and then getting all upset and confused because they actually took offense at the statement. There's no freaking way that Judge McMahon is going to say the subpoenas were valid. And trying to salvage these subpoena antics would serve zero value. It's a swing and a miss by the legislature and Greg Hertz. A total freaking miss. And they look like the morons that they are. They can't follow the platform. They have no principles. They don't even have the good sense to get competent advice. And their strategies suck. Even Hertz tried to salvage his incompetence by saying the legislature anticipated the justices would, quote, negotiate the details of compliance with their subpoenas if they were having any issues instead of trying to completely quash the release of public information from the judicial branch. You know, I have actually liked some of the stuff that Hertz has done, but what an idiot. Public information isn't collected by subpoena. It's obtained the same way you and I obtain public information, by making a written request for it. But no, these fools think they get special treatment. They get an end around of Montana law. They don't need to adhere to rule of law. Nope, they get to sow chaos whenever they want because they're above the law. So when any of these wackadoos say the judiciary doesn't want to release public information, they're lying. The judiciary simply wants the legislature to follow the freaking laws they enacted for their procedures. So folks, here's the actual process for investigating corruption in the judiciary. And it works. I promise. I've been a part of it. First, you do a public records request, like the media does virtually every day. Then, if you don't get what you asked for, you file for an injunction in district court. Then you get an order giving you the records, including emails. Then if you find corruption in the emails with respect to the judiciary, you then file a complaint with the Judicial Standards Commission. That commission regulates the judiciary in Montana, and it is effective. Oh, yeah. How can I be so sure? Because I have actually tried a case before the commission defending a judge that a complaint was filed against. And you know what? He was removed from office. And is the commission just a bunch of good old boy judges? Nope. It's judges, it's lawyers, and it's lay folk. So if the legislature thinks any member of the judiciary is biased or corrupt, we already have a process in Montana to investigate and punish. But this 2021 legislature thinks the work that has been done in Montana over the past 50 years to promote the orderly resolution of disputes is worthless and that they are smarter than the rest of us. The arrogance coupled with the incompetence bodes for a super shitty future for Montana. And the chaos promoted by the Montana Republican Party This chaos that has no legitimate purpose, yet sows division, distrust, and hate, continues to disappoint and alienate true conservatives from the wackadoo antics of the Montana GOP. Should the judiciary be investigated when questions about their professionalism arise? Absolutely. But not with the shotgun illegal strategy. 
And now, with the Montana GOP sending out mass mailers promoting its latest theory that the judiciary is corrupt without a scintilla of evidence establishing the same, expect nothing less than more division and hate being brought to you by the authoritarians who have taken over the legislature and the Montana GOP. Don't think deep, folks. That would ruin their strategy. They want us all to swim in the dummy pool with them. It's a good thing I can't swim. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Become a sponsor of the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Subscribe to the show on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Parlor. Our handle is at MTValues. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.